Amen. Thank you, ladies. I appreciate that. You turn your Bibles this evening, if you would, to Genesis chapter 28. And uh, you can finger over to Genesis chapter 32 while you're at it. Genesis 28 and uh, Genesis chapter 32. And um, I'm very thankful for the opportunity that uh, has been given me this evening to stand before you and open God's Word. And it's not a privilege that I take lightly. And I'm um, thankful that I've been deemed capable by God to stand and proclaim His Word. And that's just an always amazing thing to me whenever I have the chance to teach or preach. And uh, I want us to look this evening in Genesis chapter 28. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 28. And uh, this story of uh, Jacob, the brother of Esau, uh, the son of Isaac. And uh, I just want to read just a couple verses out of Genesis chapter 28. Kind of want to set the, the, uh, the foundation here or the, the background for where we're going to go this evening. In uh, Genesis chapter 28, um, we see that Jacob has, had just stolen his birthright from his older brother Esau. Uh, he had conned him out of it uh, by uh, offering a, a, a bowl of soup, more or less. And, um, and Esau turned it over. And uh, at that point, uh, Esau is threatening Jacob uh, that he's going to kill him. And so his mom calls, goes and talks to dad and says, Dad, I don't think he should marry someone from this land. You should send him to my brother Laban uh, and, and, he'll, and he can marry a, a, a woman from over there. And so uh, Isaac calls uh, Jacob, uh, uh, Jacob in to uh, speak with him, uh, to send him away. And we see that in Genesis chapter 21, uh, 28, verse 1. The Bible says, And Isaac called Jacob, and blessed him, and charged him, and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Padanaram, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee, and make thee fruitful, and multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people, and give thee the blessings of Abraham to thee, and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. And we know from, uh, as we, if we were to read further into this story, we would know that Jacob would spend the next 20 years working for Laban. He would spend seven years working for uh, Rebekah, and then he would spend, uh, spend the next seven working for Rachel, and then he would spend the next six after that uh, raising Laban's cattle. And um, so Jacob would spend the next 20 years um, working for, for Laban. And then one day, um, he, well, he gets the urge, and he wants to go back to his hometown. And we see uh, in Genesis chapter through, uh, 32 um, that, you know, Laban, or that uh, eventually, actually in 28, we saw that Jacob would sneak away while Laban was gone. And then um, as he heads uh, back to Canaan to see his brother, Genesis chapter 32, if you have your finger there, as, as Jacob gets closer to, to where his brother lives, he sends some messengers forth to, to greet Esau. And the messengers return with a message of panic, really. J- they come back to, to uh, Jacob and they say, hey, your brother's coming to meet you. Uh, and by the way, he, he's bringing 400 men with him. And you can imagine where Jacob's at. He's coming back. He's wanting to make amends with his, his brother. And here comes his brother with 400 men, the brother that he had stole the birthright from. And you can imagine his, his position right now of, uh, of despair. And that brings us to Genesis chapter 32 in verse number 24. Genesis chapter 32, verse number 34. And I want to read a, a portion of the story here. Once Jacob hears this news that his brother's coming with 400 men, he splits his family and his, all of his company into two groups. And he takes one group and sends them one way, and takes the other group and sends them another. 
And he takes his immediate family with him. The Bible says his wives, his 11 sons, and some maidservants, and some men servants. And he crosses over a brook. In Genesis chapter 32, verse 24, the Bible says, And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him unto the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not, to, not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince thou hast power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore it is, thou, uh, dost ask, wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose up upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh unto this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh, in that the sinew shrank. I want to challenge us this evening on the thought of what to do when you struggle with God. What to do when you struggle with God. Father, Lord, I do thank you for this evening, Lord, this opportunity that we have to look into your word and be challenged from it. Lord, I just pray that you would speak to everyone's heart this evening as you've spoken to mine in the, in the preparation of this. Lord, I just pray that you would speak through me. Lord, that I would just be a mouthpiece, that it wouldn't be done in the flesh or through pride, Lord, but uh, that you would work in our lives. We'll give you the praise and glory for everything that you accomplished this evening. In your name we pray. Amen. As we study this story here about Jacob, we see an historical example of a man who struggled with God. He struggled with God. For the most part, as I think about that phrase, struggling with God, uh, immediately in my mind, I picture it as something bad. I'm struggling with God or I'm struggling against God. But the more that I study uh, the Word of God and as I look into this passage, uh, the more that I realize that it's beneficial for a Christian to struggle with God. It's beneficial for a Christian to struggle with God. In this passage, we see that Jacob uh, more or less is ambushed by God. He's ambushed. He's not expecting this person to show up that he's going to wrestle with. Uh, out of the, it's in the, the dark of the night that a man shows up and they begin to wrestle. From what we see here, that this ambush is with the intent that Jacob would struggle, that there would be a fight, that there would be a, a conflict that would ensue. Obviously, Jacob needed to struggle with God. Everything happens for a purpose. There's no coincidence or luck. And so obviously, going into this situation, Jacob needed to struggle with God. When struggle occurs in our life, it, it has a way of changing us, changing what our character is, changing who we are. Struggling uh, with God may happen for different reasons, uh, through different circumstances uh, in a Christian's life, but for whatever reason and, but why, but, uh, and by whatever means, uh, the struggle has been allowed by God. And we see here tonight that obviously Jacob needed to struggle. Struggles in our lives may even be answers to our prayers. If we looked back just a few verses in Genesis chapter 32, and you can just listen as I read verse number 6, the Bible says, And the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to thy brother Esau, and he also cometh to meet thee, uh, and four hundred men with him. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that was with him, and the flocks, and the herds, and the camels into two bands, and said, If Esau come upon one company and smite it, then the other company which is left shall escape. And Jacob said, 
O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord which saidst unto me, Return unto thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal well with thee. I am not worthy of the least of all thy mercies and of all thy truth which thou hast showed uh, unto thy servant. For with my staff I passed over this Jordan, and now am I become two bands. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and the mother, uh, and the mother with the children. And thou saidst, I will surely do thee good, and make thee, thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multi, uh, which cannot be numbered for the multitude. So we see here in this passage that just a few verses before Jacob would struggle with God, that he prayed to God asking for his help. He prayed to God, deliver me from my brother Esau. You know, sometimes things happen uh, not the way that we expect them to happen. And God was about to change Jacob's life, probably not in the way that Jacob was imagining. Often we feel as though, you know, you know Jacob went into this situation hoping that uh, God would change his brother's heart. That God would soften his brother's heart and that and when they came together that they would just be able to uh, reunite in joy and love and there wouldn't be any conflict. You know, as Jacob, a lot of times we as Christians feel it's the other guy's problem, not our own. And as we go through life, we, we go through pointing the finger and we ask for God's help and Lord, help that person that you soften their heart, help that we can have a better, Lord, help that person because they're, you know, we just don't have a relationship and sometimes the finger gets pointed back to us by God and says, hey, it's your fault. There's some things that you need to address. You see, as human beings in our pride, we often feel that we know that what is best in a given situation. We know, uh, and, and even if we don't know what's best, then, you know, as the old song goes, mother knows best. But it, actually, in reality, God knows best. And so when we ask for something, uh, God's going to give us what we need, not necessarily what we want. And we see here that J- Jacob's about to get an answer to his prayer, not necessarily what he wanted, though. He was going to have to struggle with God. Sometimes we go through struggles and, and just feel as though we don't understand all that is going on or what's going on. I imagine that's how Jacob felt this evening, as he literally was in the dark, struggling with God. He didn't know the person he was struggling with. He didn't know why he was struggling with that person, but just that he was struggling. Sometimes we ask for God's help through prayer, and it seems as though things just may get more difficult. The things that just uh, get more complicated. And I would imagine that's how Jacob felt. He was, he was in a position where he was about to face his brother. He was already in despair. He was afraid for his life, the, wife of his, uh, the lives of his wife, and the lives of his children and the company that was with him. And then on top of that, God sends an angel to struggle with Jacob. I can just imagine him being, God, why? Why do you keep sending more? Why is it just one thing after the next? Because it always doesn't happen the way that we want it to happen. The way that we think it should happen. God's got a purpose and he knows what we need. As we encounter struggles in our life, we must recognize that these struggles are allowed by God. Any struggle that we face have been permitted by God. And honestly, for the most part, what we want to our struggles is a quick fix to our problems. That's why you see in the world today uh, that people would rather divorce than learning to to deal with and and, uh, work through the, the weaknesses of their spouse or themselves. 
We would rather cheat on a test than learn the discipline of study. We'd rather borrow money than wait until we've earned enough to purchase what we want. We'd rather condone the sinful behavior of our children rather than have conflict. These are all struggles. But the problem with these quick fixes that we produce in our lives is that they don't last. You see, the next partner that you have is going to have weaknesses too. And you're not going to have the character to deal with that either. You don't understand that by cheating on your tests, you're not going to know the critical answers to some question that may be on a resume down the road that's going to inhibit you from getting a job, prohibit you from getting a job. You'll you'll quickly understand that in that quick fix of borrowing money, you've borrowed more than you can handle, and now you've got to borrow more to pay back what you borrowed in the first place, and it just compounds. That by sparing correction uh, to your children, you've enabled them to fall further into rebellion. You see, we have these quick solutions that we come up with uh, when we go through struggles, but those quick solutions, those quick fixes, are not going to solve the situation, not going to solve the problem, not going to solve the struggle in our lives. See, the struggles that God allows into our lives are the way that He shapes who we are and what our character will become. And from what I see throughout all of Scripture, it is in the character of God to allow us to struggle. Look at what Jesus went through. God allowed His own Son to struggle. In Luke chapter 22, verse 41, the Bible says, And He was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if Thou wilt be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but Thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto Him from heaven, strengthening Him. And being in agony, He prayed more earnestly. And his sweat, as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. We see in this story that that God allowed his own son to struggle. But as it would say later on in Hebrews chapter 2, For it became him for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, and bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Perfect through sufferings. You see, the struggles that God allows in our lives are to make us perfect. They're to improve. They're to shape our character to bring glory to God. This one last example that we see of Jesus here as God allowed him to struggle uh, just demonstrates one last, uh, or an illustration, one last time of how it is possible for the human to reject the flesh, say no to the flesh and say yes to God. The struggles that make us perfect. I said all that this evening just to establish that there are struggles in our lives. There's been struggles all throughout history. There's going to be struggles today. There's going to be struggles tomorrow. And that those struggles are allowed and permitted by God. So then what do we do in our lives when we're struggling with God? What do we do? And as I was just looking through this, I literally have three quick points, and we will be done. But what to do when we struggle with God in our lives. How, do, how should we handle the struggles? First thing, we're going to look at all of this right from this example of Jacob and what he did when he struggled with God. Firstly, we see that when Jacob struggled with God in verse number 26, Genesis chapter 32, verse 26, the Bible says, And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. The first thing that we need to do when we're going through struggles in our lives is do not let go. 
Do not let go of God. As we go through struggles in our lives, get a hold of God and don't let go. You see, time after time, there's going to be struggle. There's going to be difficulty. There's going to be that, uh, that unpassable circumstance or, or that roadblock in our way. How can I get past this? That's the time where we say, you know what? I am not capable. I cannot get past this roadblock. God, I'm going to need your help. And that's when we get on our knees. We get on our knees before God and we beg God for his strength and for his help. And we open up the word of God and we get in a, a relationship with the Lord that is just unseparable. Once Jacob got a hold of God, he wasn't going to let him go because he knew what he had a hold of. He knew that he was wrestling with something powerful. He didn't know exactly what it was. He didn't know what his name was. But he said, I'm not going to let you go until you give me a blessing. And he just held on tight. The angel said, let me go. He said, I'm not going to let you go. And when we come through those times in our lives where we're struggling, we just need to grab a hold of God and not let go. We need to jump into the hands of Jesus And let him carry us, let him hold us, let him encourage us. You see, a clump of marble in the hands of me is just a clump of marble. But a clump of marble in the hands of Michelangelo, well, that's a great statue of David. A cello in my hand uh, will just make some squeaky noises. But a violin in the hand of Yo-Yo Ma, well, you're going to get the music of a master. A basketball in my hand is worth 20 or 30 bucks. But a basketball in LeBron's hands is worth 20 or 30 million bucks. A tennis racket in, in my hands is a dangerous weapon, really. But a tennis racket in the hands of, of Venus Williams, well, that's a Wimbledon championship. A golf club in my hands, well, you know, watch out. But in the hands of Tiger Woods, a champion. A rod or stick in my hand Uh, It will fight off the dogs, an attacker, but the rod in the hand of Moses, well, that'll part the Red Sea. A slingshot in my hand is just a kid's toy. The slingshot in the hand of David will kill Goliath. Spit and dirt, clay in my hands is just a mud patty, but spit and clay in Jesus' hands heals the blind man. Two fishes and five loaves, that's a small lunch. To Jesus, it feeds the 5,000. Nails in my hands, well, maybe I could build a birdhouse. But in the hands of Jesus, that's our salvation. You see, when we're going through the struggles in our lives, we have to get into the hands of God and not let go. As you struggle, you're going to encounter pain. And if you look at the story of Jacob in verse number 25, the Bible says, and when, that he, and when he saw that he prevailed not against him, the angel, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. See, Jacob would come out of this struggle with God with a limp. He would come out of this struggle with some suffering. Even while he was struggling, he was suffering. And there's going to be times in our lives that we're going to have struggles. And we're going to be suffering. And we're going to come out of those struggles suffering. We're going to come out of those struggles with pain. But the struggles that God allows to come, and that pain is forming who we will become. What we can become. What God sees us as, not as we see ourselves. So when you go through a struggle, don't let go of God. Get a hold of Him. Because he's the one that's going to offer strength. 
He's the one that's going to offer support. He's the one that's going to offer the endurance that you need to get through the struggle. But that struggle is there for a reason. It's there for a purpose in every single one of our lives. Whenever that struggle comes, it's going to shape who we are. It may leave us with a limp, but it's going to shape who we are. Secondly, this morning, when you struggle, I want you to look in verse number 27. We see a simple question asked to Jacob. As he was struggling with God, he's asked, and he said unto him, verse number 27, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. He said, well, that's a pretty insignificant verse. Not as I looked at it, and the more I looked at it, I believe it's a very important question. If you look back over the history of Jacob's life, he was known as a deceiver. He conned his brother into selling his birthright. He conned his father into giving him the blessing. He even conned his father-in-law when he mixed the herds and, and took the best of the flock. And so as he was asked this question here, to me it isn't just simply a question, what is your name? It was a question with a purpose. God was looking for an honest reply from Jacob. He was looking for an honest reply. He wanted to see how Jacob would respond. Would he deceive? Would he pretend to be somebody else again? Would he say he was somebody else? God wanted honesty from Jacob. When we struggle with God, the second thing I want us to notice is don't lie to God. Don't lie to God. Well, what do I mean? The mean that God has placed struggles in our lives for, for a reason. And sometimes those reasons are to correct weaknesses and failures that we have. But more often than not, we don't want to admit those failures. And we pretend like we don't know why we're going through struggle. We don't know why we're going through difficult. We play the part of a victim rather than of somebody that's going through a struggle to refine the impurities. God wants us to be honest with ourselves and with Him. When He points something out in our lives and says, hey, there's a weakness here, you need to get it right. You've got a problem here. The struggle that you're going through is because of the problem. I know that there's been times in my life where I've gone through struggles, and those struggles were directly related to failures in my life, to things that I was failing in. And so God put those struggles there to kind of slap me back in the way, the direction that I should go. But you know what? For months at a time, I would question, God, why am I going through this? Why am I going through this struggle? Why am I going through this hard time? Playing the victim. But in reality, what God was trying to do was saying, hey, there's a problem here. I'm trying to point it out. Get it right. Be honest enough. God knows our hearts. He knows what we need. And what we do by, by lying to Him is we inhibit the Holy Spirit from working in our lives, from improving us as Christians. And you know what unfortunately happens is that struggle just continues on and on and on. It seems like we never get out of a struggle because we're never honest enough with ourselves to say, I'm in this struggle because of me. I'm not in this struggle because of somebody else. I'm not in this struggle because God hates me. I'm in this struggle because I've got an area of weakness that the Lord is trying to improve. He's trying to shape and mold me. We've got to recognize when we have an issue. And we've got to recognize that when God brings a struggle, it may be for us to get that dross removed from the silver. 
to get that gold purified. And yes, we have to go through the heat in order to do that, but it's for a purpose. And I'm not saying that every struggle that comes your way, every struggle that happens in your life is because there's sin there. But I, we ought to evaluate ourselves every time a struggle comes and say, God, is this for a reason? You know, when God asked Jacob, what was your name? What is your name? I don't think it was just a casual, what is your name? God knew who he was wrestling with. God knew who the, he didn't just per, perchance come across a guy that was parked by a brook and start wrestling with him. God knew who Jacob was. He knew that there were some things in Jacob's lives that need to be fixed. And so a struggle ensued. And sometimes in our lives, God's going to bring a struggle so that we, we can get some things corrected. It reminds me of the song, It's Me, It's Me, O Lord, Standing in the Need of Prayer. It's me, it's me, it's me, O Lord, Standing in the Need of Prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but it's me, O Lord standing in the need of prayer. When God brings those struggles, don't lie to God. If there's something in your life that you know, man, I just need to get this right. I've been struggling with it. I need some accountability. I need a friend to encourage me. I need some counsel. Whatever it may be, don't just put it off and play the victim. You know that there's something there that God's working on. Let Him work. Admit, admit that there's a problem that needs to be addressed and I'm going to fix it. I know that God has sent this struggle here for a reason. When you struggle with God, don't lie. Don't lie to God. And finally this evening, point number three. I told you it would be quick. Point number three. Verse number 30. Genesis chapter 32 and verse number 30. The Bible says, And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose up upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Last this evening, and we've kind of touched already, when Jacob went through the fire, when Jacob went through the struggle, he came out with a limp. And I want to encourage us this evening, when you're going through a struggle, don't let that limp, when you come out of the struggle, don't let that limp keep you from serving God. Don't let that limp keep you from serving God. You see, Jacob came out of this struggle with God, uh, not bitter against God that he was coming out with a limp, not angry that he, he, he would walk with a limp the rest of his life, that the, that the tendon in his thigh had shrunk and he would have the problem in, for the rest of his life. No, he came out uh, with a reminder about the struggle he had with God, about the blessing that he received from God, about the change that took place in his life. He didn't come out bitter. He didn't come out angry. And so often as Christians, and something just doesn't go our way, and we go through something, and it causes some pain and suffering in our lives, it's so easy to turn back on God and say, you allowed this to happen to me. Instead of coming out with the attitude that Jacob had, of this is a reminder of how good God has been to me. That he was loving enough to, to, to give me that kick in the pants, to get me going the direction that I should go. To, to get me back on the way that I should be traveling. But unfortunately, sometimes that limp, it keeps us from serving God. It's viewed as a handicap or uh, sometimes even a failure. Maybe you'll fail in some area of your life and you'll be just like, uh, what am I going to do? I failed God so big. How can I do anything? And you just, it's just a, an excuse not to get back into the fight. But the, the limps that we come out with from our struggles, they're meant to be reminders. 
not roadblocks. You know, sometimes we come out of a struggle with a limp because God had to disable part of us, a portion of us, in order to get us to submit. As capable human beings, as people that are self-sufficient and strong, a lot of times we don't want to submit. Because we feel that we can accomplish and that we can uh, get what needs to be done on our own. But in reality, we can't. God knows this, and sometimes He's got to put something in our lives, like a limp, to disable us. Just to knock us down a notch. Then it's a little easier to submit. If you don't believe me, I mean, ask somebody that's wheelchair-bound, and they have to depend on somebody for help. Ask somebody that's a patient in a hospital. Once that, once that injury or uh, problem has occurred and it forces the person to ask for help, it completely changes their lives. And a lot of times it's what happens for us. God's just got to touch our thigh. He's got to give us a limp, kind of knock us down a notch before we'll actually submit to God and what His plan for our lives is. Do you remember wrestling with your dad as a kid? Remember wrestling? I remember it. Maybe some of you are too old to remember it. I don't know. Did that offend you? Wasn't meant to. I remember wrestling with my father. It's natural for a son to want to wrestle with his dad. Most of the time, he wants to measure his strength against his father. He wants to see if he can finally beat dad in that wrestling match. But it's more of a looking up, too. It's like, my dad's so strong. My dad's so big. And you wrestle him, and and most of the time what happens is a father will demonstrate his strength. He'll show that he could beat you, but then he backs off and lets you win. Sometimes. Depends on what kind of father you had. (laughs) In this story, I see that's what happened with Jacob and God. Jacob wrestled with God, and, and God couldn't get free from Jacob. But then God touched his thigh to demonstrate his strength. But then he also gave back into Jacob and said, I'll give you a blessing. That's the kind of relationship that God wants with us through those struggles. Sometimes God has to demonstrate his strength in our lives. Sometimes he has to give us a limp just to knock us down so that we, we can get back up stronger. You see, the, the son wrestles with the father And as time progresses, he sees that he's getting stronger and stronger. As he wrestles, he gets stronger. And and one day, eventually, the son will beat the father. You know, as we wrestle with God, he's put those things there for a reason, for us to get stronger in our lives. To To build up the strength for the difficulties, for the trials, for the things that we'll encounter. To shape our future. Jacob came out of this struggle with God, a changed man. The struggles that are placed in our lives are to change us. Whether they're struggles because there's sin there, or whether they're struggles just because God wants us to get closer to Him and have to depend on His strength. You look at Jacob and you say, was he really a changed man? Well, as I look at the beginning of the story, I see that Jacob went into the struggle as a deceiver. And he came out of the struggle honest. 
He went into the struggle looking for his brother to be changed, but he came out of the struggle changed himself. He went in as Jacob the supplanter. He came out as Israel, the one who strives with God and overcomes. He went in as a herdsman. He came out as the father of Israel. We refer to as the father of the children of Israel. Or that he was the, the, we refer to the children of Israel. These struggles happen for a purpose in our lives. And yes, they are struggles with God. Whether we deem them as something that he's trying to work on personally, or whether he simply just wants a better relationship with his child, they're for a reason. I don't know what the struggle are in your life. I know what the struggles are in my life. More often than not, a lot of times, God's just trying to get my attention for something. And so it's important when we struggle that we get a hold of God and don't let go. That when we struggle, we don't lie to God. He knows why the struggle's there, and it's there for a reason. We need to recognize what that reason is for. And when we struggle with God, we need to make sure we don't let the limp that we come out with keep us from serving God. It's a simple picture of a Christian's life, this, this story of Jacob and the struggle that we'd ha- he would have with God. But it's so practical because every single one of us will face struggles over and over and over again. And so when we struggle, man, realize that those struggles are coming from a loving Father and they've been permitted by Him and they are for His good or for our good, for His glory. And so there's some ways there, simple things this evening that can help, hopefully encourage you as you go through different struggles in your life. Father, Lord, I do thank you for this evening, Lord. Lord, I know there's been